In these unprecedented times, we need effective immune support. That's why I'm excited to introduce two formulas that work, CV Defense and CV Acute. There's nothing quite like them. CV Defense is a daily preventative. The only supplement that delivers the six most important ingredients to optimize your immune function, including PEA, a critical molecule for long-term immunity at the cellular level. CV Acute is a fast-acting, great-tasting syrup for direct immune activation. It eliminates invaders with a fruit flower and root of patented Chinese medicine. I take it when I feel run down to fend off respiratory infections. Both products are safe, all-natural, and backed by numerous clinical trials. For more information and to order, go to TotalImmuneHealth.com and take advantage of discounts from 30 to 50% just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. That's TotalImmuneHealth.com. TotalImmuneHealth.com for the most exciting immune support products in years. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly rundown of questions that you send to us via radio program at AOL.com. In answering your questions, uh, I am capably assisted by our nutritionist in residence, Layla Mutant. So we double your pleasure, double your fun, (laughs) double nutrition. Double mint gum. Double nutrition expertise. Uh, that gum was always in the glove compartment of my father's car okay. when I was a kid. Hopefully it wasn't. That and Juicy Fruit. Hopefully it wasn't stuck to the door of the glove compartment. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're going to answer questions in just a moment. But, uh, for, you know, first some reflections on the big story that mm-hmm. continues to dominate the news and is our major health preoccupation, COVID-19. Uh, recent story about um, how uh, yet another centenarian beat COVID-19. In this case, uh, it's a 105-year-old who actually is a survivor of the Spanish flu. Uh, She outlived three husbands, Mm -hmm. which suggests that she's got some definite resiliency factor. Whoa! Uh, And she... Uh, beat COVID-19, she attributes her success to uh, having a daily regimen of gin-soaked raisins. Now, you may think, well, that's a peculiar thing, but that's actually a thing. You ever hear that thing? No, I've heard of soaking them in brandy and thing and putting them on fruitcake or gin. Something about juniper? It's an Edgar Cayce remedy. Edgar, this yes. is the fourth time I, he in the last 10 days I'm hearing about Edgar Casey. Edgar the first Casey. was from you, well, I told Dr. You, Hoffman. You, know, you, you hang, told me. You hang out in Virginia Beach. Your husband is a builder and he built houses in, in, in Virginia Beach, yeah, right? Yeah, but, but I, we, don't, we haven't lived there yeah. in a long time. Oh, okay. So anyway, Virginia, the <laughs> yes. next time you're down there, there's a wonderful uh, yeah. Edgar Casey Museum. And he was a, a clairvoyant and a visionary. Mm-hmm. Some say a quack. But others say a brilliant genius who, uh, you know, was very into detoxification and had a lot of these uh, visions about uh, healing. And one of his uh, protocols involved gin-soaked raisins. And I guess that worked its way to the popular culture. And uh, this uh, 105-year-old apparently 
adhered to this regimen. Staff members at Mystic Meadows Rehab and Nursing Center in New Jersey uh, told the station that Lucia DeClerc, 105 years old, was pretty much asymptomatic, but uh, they segregated her in the COVID-19 unit for 14 days as in an abundance of caution. Wow. Uh, so um, she, she uh, has lived through uh, the first pandemic of the century, of the previous century. The Spanish flu. The Spanish flu. Wow. Because uh, I guess she was like three years old or five years old. And um, so that's pretty cool. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, so I, I have some, I have a sense that things are turning around, that the paradigm is shifting. Let's, are we jinxing it by even saying that? No, it, it's, it's okay to say it. Okay. It's okay to say it, even though, you know, we, we might be subject to media censorship because oh, yes. uh, we must maintain, uh, you know, the party line, which is that. Uh, COVID-19 is a clear and ever-present danger and that we've got to, you know, yes. mask ourselves into 2022. And, right. You know, even if you get the shot, socially distance. And, you know, you get, get the messages. shot, but you still got to do all that. But here's what here's what <clears> I think. It, this is a literary illusion. It's, it's a, a reference to a book that I read a couple of years ago. And it's one of these, like, massive uh, dystopian sci-fi books that had sort of a, a popular following a couple of years ago. It's by Hugh Howey, uh-huh. uh, who was rejected by a bunch of publishers and decided the heck with it. I'll publish this myself. I'll self-publish. I believe in my book. It's a trilogy. And each book is like a door, doorstop. It's like a thousand pages long. So, is this The Hunger Games? No, it's not The Hunger Games. That's a that's the popular thing. This is the, that was a this trilogy called too, the Silo Series. Wow. And so the concept is that, uh, you know, there's some, you know, there's always some event, you know, like nuclear, you know, mutually assured destruction, nuclear annihilation. The surface of the earth is too radioactive to survive, that everything mm. is dead. But uh, with some prescience, uh, some people burrow underground and uh, they live in what are called silos, mm. which is kind of a metaphor because... People nowadays are siloed. They they have yeah. their own, you know, uh, fallout world, knowledge base, <laughs> their own, uh, you know, imperturbable cocoon yes. in which they live, and they don't have to pay any attention to any anything else. Mm-hmm. So there's several silos. They're massive silos. They go hundreds of stories underground, and they're very deep. And they deep, you know, at the bottom they have an an engine room that you know gives you know energy and, and power to the silo. Mm-hmm. And they never emerge from the silo because it's too dangerous to go outside. Mm-hmm. And this book goes on and on and on. And I just persisted, plowed through this book, and it's it's very gloomy. Uh, yeah. You know, you read volume one, you read volume two, and nobody's emerging, and you know, little little things are happening. Uh, and then finally, in volume three, towards two, the two thousand pages later, twenty five hundred pages later. More like 3,000 pages. 3,000 pages. They realize that the whole thing has been a hoax because they've been underground for like centuries. Wow. And with the belief that the surface of the earth is inhospitable and uninhabitable. And then one guy comes out to the surface and he does the unthinkable. He takes off his radio protective helmet and he inhales the toxic fumes of the air and he doesn't keel over. Wow. And he realizes that the whole thing, at least for the past few 
centuries has been a manipulation mm. to keep the people underground, mm. to keep the people under a tyrannical regime. Wow. Under the, I mean, spoiler alert, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hold your ears if you, you know, yeah. if you want to read it. It's, it's, it's kind of fun sci-fi, uh -huh. uh, and I'm a tenacious sci-fi reader, but the, the metaphor is that maybe the paradigm will switch. Look, not to deny the, the seriousness of COVID-19 and the fact that it can kill people, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. but the it, it, there there tends to be paradigm shifts that happen very rapidly and with the decline in the uh rate of infection and the decline in the mortality rate mm -hmm. that appears to be a trend and that hopefully will be substantiated and uh, uh marty mccary uh, who is a physician at johns hopkins wrote a very nice op-ed in the wall street journal last weekend which uh, lays out a scenario that by spring, uh, we may be relatively in the clear. We may have reached herd immunity by virtue of not oh, just the vaccine, yes. but by virtue of the fact that this has spread very rapidly. I saw that on a news ticker yeah. that a John Hopkins uh, yeah. physician said that mm -hmm. by spring we should be, by April. And you know, it's so at variance with what yeah. a lot of the, quote, health authorities are saying. Mm -hmm. uh, they're afraid that that message might lead people to abandon caution. And, you know, so the message now is like, okay, just because of the vaccine and there's fewer cases, you know, don't change your behavior, don't do any. Well, it's it's how you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen gay Paris. And when spring fever hits with full force. Forget about it. All hell is going to break loose. Yeah, it was already tough enough to go through summer, last summer and everything. Yeah. So I'm just saying, Yeah. you know, think about how paradigm shifts occur you know how free we were in february of 2020 only yes. to be completely quarantined and locked down oh. by the end of march yeah uh but uh, the paradigm can be reversed mm -hmm. relatively quickly because people are like a flock of birds <laughs> you know they tend to mm -hmm. they tend to flock together mm -hmm. and they tend to you know and it, it it may be that you know like that first silo dweller who emerges and takes the daring step of taking off his helmet and breathing the fresh air uh, yeah you know, this too may uh hopefully come to some sort of happy resolution yeah this reminds me of i recently watched again which i've watched plenty of times in my life the movie 1984 right uh, and so when you mentioned that it was all a Winston, hoax right where, and I remember in the movie, Winston, as well as other people, asking, but is this real? <laughs> and some would re would respond, it's not real. Right. But and yet, the behavior would not change. Yeah. They were still held right. in tyranny. Or, no, it's not real. Or or, or worse yet, the, the Matrix, which is sort of a latter-day version of 1980. I, I've heard Dr. Yeah. Christian Northrup call that a documentary. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the Matrix. That's a documentary, she said. Red Pill. The Red Pill. Right, right, right. That's another good... Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so uh, okay. just the preface here. Um, look, uh, our goal is to be objective and balanced yes. in our discussion of this and scientifically uh, based hmm. and to apply skepticism both to, you know, wacky conspiracy theories that are really, you know, just unfounded. 
mm-hmm. but at the same time apply the same degree of skepticism to uh, some of the mainstream narratives about this. Yes. Uh, that uh, I think have instilled a lot of fear and paralysis and uh, general unhappiness mm-hmm. in the populace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some degree of economic devastation. Absolutely. And, and certainly health consequences because sure. loneliness, sedentary lifestyle. I mean, we just saw a patient who's very health oriented, uh, you know, as healthy as he is, he's still gained five pounds during this. Sure. He's like, you know, he's at home, he can't, his gym is sure. closed, he can't go, or when he, then now his gym's open on a limited basis, he doesn't want to work out with a mask, you know, in the gym, you know? Right. So, um, right. Yeah, so it is. And uh, social distancing increases cortisol levels. Yep. That sets us up for more health problems as well. So hopefully uh, this won't be the so-called new normal as has been proposed over and mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We shall see. I the new abnormal. The new abnormal, <laughs> right. Okay. And speaking of abnormal, <laughs> yeah. Let's get back we, have, we have an email from Paul. The, he calls it in the subject uh, vaccine vexation. Oh, that's a good one. Many are worried about the Pfizer vaccine using mRNA injections that haven't been tested long term. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend they get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine instead? Isn't right. it a traditional one-shot vaccine using an altered cold virus, right. using methodology dating back to the 18th century, and Edward Jenner? Not quite. Not quite. Okay, because, uh, all right, so the it, it just so happens that uh, the Johnson Johnson vaccine just achieved emergency approval today as we record it. Today, okay. So it's been under consideration. They said, you know, why are you doing this at such a snail's pace? Well, it's a, it's a like a very, very rapid pace considering the usual, uh, you know, approval pathway for these types of things. Which can be years for Which vaccines. Which can be uh, years for vaccines. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is pretty much uh, emergency authorization. And, and it's about, what, 66% effective or so? Well, it depends. The Johnson and Johnson? It, it, it was actually, uh, I think it was 66% effective, but that was when they tested on HIV-positive individuals. On normal individuals, it's about 80-some percent effective. Okay. So that's where they got the 65, which doesn't sound so good compared to the other ones, the 95. So is it uh, more of a traditional vaccine where you might say, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I'll take good old-fashioned uh, vaccine as opposed to this newfangled mRNA thing, right. which is an untested uh, you know, technology. And uh, does it, it doesn't resemble what <clears throat> Edward Jenner did. Well, what Edward Jenner did <clears throat> was he noticed that uh, 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 they, they used to refer to them as milkmaids. Milkmaids didn't get smallpox. Why? They got oh, a small, uh, yeah. you know, a small hand infection yeah. because they touched the udders of cows that had cowpox. Mm-hmm. And so by uh, acquiring this uh, lesser version of smallpox, cowpox, which is, you know, milder dermatological condition, mm-hmm. uh, they then uh, had immunity to the more serious life-threatening condition. So what he did is he took literally udder scrapings you know that's a traditional vaccine, and then <laughs> yeah. he and then he uh-huh. just took the scrapings and scraped them onto the arms. You know, it wasn't an injection. It was I didn't even think they had syringes then. He took he just scraped with a curette huh. onto the skin of people getting the vaccine. This has actually uh, happened before the Revolutionary War, and you know you talk about anti-vaxxers. 
There was wow. a very strong anti-vax movement during the Revolutionary War. Now, now George Washington was really? pro-vax uh-huh. because he didn't want his troops at Valley Forge, you know, under conditions of you know, harsh winter conditions, to get an, ep- uh, an epidemic. You know, they were st- sitting in tents. They were certainly not socially distanced. Yeah. And if you've ever been to Valley Forge, it's pretty primitive and it's pretty darn cold. And they were huddling by fires and tents. And so smallpox used to just ravage populations then. And, but there were some people who were saying that it's the devil's work and da 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 you know, like it was... So oh, it, the vaccines? Know, they, in a similar vein, they said, yeah. you know, it's artificial. We don't know what this is going to do to yeah. the human population. So fast forward to the Johnson Johnson vaccine. Johnson Johnson vaccine is similar, uh, but it, 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 it is no way even like a killed uh, virus. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh, it's a genetically modified thing where a bacteria kicks out some genetic material that is uh, similar to the virus, mm-hmm. and then that is then uh, introduced in a vaccine. So it's not, you know, it, it's it's a uses a, a bacterial vector, I think, uh, to transmit. I may have this the yeah. details of this wrong, but it is a, It's not. Precisely mRNA technology, but it's very artificial technology. It's not like the whole wheat bread of yeah. vaccines. Let's put yeah. it that way. There's, it is synthetic. Uh, it's done with a different process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it gives an alternative pathway to vaccination. But, you know, I've got mm-hmm. so many questions now. A lot of my consultations now are people who are calling up with vaccine vexation. Yes. You know, we just did a Zoom with a, right around that question, right. uh, both of us, mm-hmm. uh, with a guy who is relatively healthy and wants to know, you know, what are the pros and cons? You know, he's, he, and, you know, so we went through it. Yeah. And, you know, and I get questions, which one, which vaccine is better? The answer is we don't know yet. You know, uh, it's kind of like the beginning of a horse race, you know, like the Kentucky Derby and like, uh, you know, uh, uh, five seconds into the race, you could predict who's going to cross the finish line. Yes. You, you have, there's no. no way of knowing. No. You know, one of the horses may stumble and fall. You know, one of them may... One of them may jump over an imaginary line that was actually a shadow. I don't remember which <laughs> Kentucky Derby that was, but that was oh. unbelievable and lost the race. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Jumped over like a light pole shadow on the track. Jumped <laughs> over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, little dig- sorry, sorry for the... <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But, you know, so these are the unforeseen events that can yes. happen with a vaccine. There's, there, and there are, there's the consideration of effectiveness. There's a consideration of, are there immediate side effects? There's a consideration, are there long-term side effects? Yeah. yeah. And the long-term side effects could be 6, 12, 18 months or years down mm-hmm. the line. And what I said to one patient, you know, is, you know let's say... Something happens with these vaccines that causes that that undermines people's health. How will we know? And I gave him the analogy of silicon breast implants. Mm-hmm. Silicon breast implants. Many women swear that when they got their silicone breast implants, their health declined. They came and down with lupus or something. An autoimmune condition. Yeah. And and it's there's a plausible biological mechanism by which both vaccines and uh, foreign material can cause the immune system to be hyperactivated. Yeah. That's what vaccines do. They're designed to activate the immune system and cause a response. That can cause autoimmunity. Uh, same thing with silicon breast implants. Well, uh, so a lot of women have had their implants removed, and some of them say anecdotally, 
I was so much better ever since I had them taken out. Yeah. You know, I don't care what my breasts look like anymore. I just yeah. more like want my health. Okay. So they've tried to demonstrate, you know, they have some big litigation to show that these were bad for women. They could never prove it. They could never prove it in a scientific study because there's a certain background of women of a certain age getting autoimmune conditions. Long yeah. before breast implants, long before vaccines, women were getting autoimmunity. They were getting Sjogren's syndrome. They were getting uh, scleroderma. They were getting yeah. uh, lupus-like uh, conditions, mm -hmm. uh, rheumatoid arthritis, you name it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, they could not have show a smoking gun uh, relationship between the breast implants and that. Yeah. So with all the things that we're exposed to, vaccines, foreign materials, medication, adulterated food, yeah. chemicals, BPH and glyphosate, yes. and, you know, and stuff we breathe. How do we know? How do we know? How do we know? When we see the health of Americans uh, undermined and we see the longevity of Americans actually go in reverse because mm -hmm. there was a trend of life expectancy that each succeeding generation is going to be longer and longer and longer. No more. It's sort of plateaued and it's, we've, we've actually taken some steps backward in the yeah. latest surveys. How will we know what's undermining us? And it's very unlikely that unless there's some very distinct pattern of disease mm -hmm. that occurs in people who got a certain vaccine, that we'll ever know. Yeah. That we'll ever know. Now, I'm not trying to sow doubt or or fear about vaccines. Yeah. Um, but mm -hmm. it, it, it's going to be really... So people are asking me to weigh in on the safety of the vaccines. A, it's too early. And B, we may never know. Yeah. And it... It would be very hard to determine that it was the cause. And I, and I tell people, it depends yeah. on your circumstances. Depend, you know, if you're like very high risk, you have a lot of comorbidities, yes, do it, you know, because you're a sitting duck for, you know, going on a ventilator or dying. Uh, if you uh, have a job that necessitates you come in contact with a lot of people and you want to feel secure, take the vaccine. Yeah. If you uh, travel a lot and the, you're going to have to show a vaccine certificate mm. um, and you want the freedom to get on a plane and not worry that because of the poor ventilation, you know, fine. You know what I said about this 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 uh, COVID nineteen is that uh, it favors people like me. I'm an introvert. I don't mind spending time alone. I'm very resourceful. Mm -hmm. I can read with all my all my electronic devices. I can I can do my podcasts. Yes, all, but yeah. and I'm alone together with. Mm -hmm. You know, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Or not hundreds, but thousands of people who yeah. listen to my podcast. But it does not necessitate that I go into a throng. I I get nervous when I walk into a party of unfamiliar people. Uh, some people thrive on that. Mm -hmm. They must have that. They're in terrible deprivation because they don't have that. I, I don't miss it. Oh, you just need a cocktail when you arrive at the party. <laughs> that, it helps. It helps. It's called social lubrication. lubrication. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, the yeah. so so you know that those are considerations yeah. that go into the vaccine equation. And to say yeah. one or another vaccine is better on a theoretical basis, we can't say that yet. So hard to say. And then the vaccine sweepstakes, one or another, may end up more effective or mm -hmm. safer. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
So, Paul, there is your answer. Wow. <laughs> or non-answer. Or no- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Here's one from Linda. But, you know, see, yeah. you, just, yeah. just, I could not be Anthony Fauci. Because mm-hmm. oh, to please, say... Please don't be to, Anthony but Fauci. But to equivocate in uh-huh. that way yes. as the as the authoritative uh, father figure of science, hashtag science, in front of the American public, that wouldn't do. No. It would be a muddled message. People would like walk away and they go, you know, he's not so sure. Mm. You know, there's no, I'm not, you know. So that's, that's why, Yeah. you know, he's laying down this party line uh, that is very, very, Unequivocal. Mm-hmm. Take the vaccine. Wear a mask. <clears throat> Wear double masks. Mm-hmm. Socially distance. It's not over. Maintain caution, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And there we are. Thank you, Paul, for that question. We've got one from Linda. Hi, Layla and Dr. Hoffman. Let's preview that for part two. Because oh, we- yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, I was shopping at Whole Foods store recently, and the label under the produce section... Uh, on the wax coating on the gorgeous green organic green apples, green organic green apples. I said green twice. Right. Caught my attention. Should I be concerned about consuming this waxy coating on these beautiful organic apples? All right, let's take up that question apples? when we return. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. And we'll be right back with more of our weekly Q&A with Layla. <laughs> 